This is Chad Brashears, and you're listening to Never In My Wildest Dream podcast. This podcast is about creating a behind-the-scenes look with coaches, fans, and reporters from our point of view, sharing cool stories as only we've lived them. The goal is for you to learn something new to help your life and allow yourself to take a break from everyday chaos and let us give you a behind-the-scenes look into our world. Never In My Wildest Dreams podcast begins in... Good morning and welcome to Never In My Wildest Dream podcast. Today is Sunday, January the 31st, the last day of the first month of the new year. This is our 31st episode. Looking forward to giving you some scores as well as Sunday fun day. And we will be on the phone today. Let's first start in the sporting world. Jared Goff and Matt Stafford have been traded. Now Matt Stafford is a L.A. Ram and Jared Goff is a Detroit Lion. This trade will go in effect on the 17th of March, which is the first day that they're allowed to have trades in the NFL. The Lakers topped the Boston Celtics last night in the final possession. Kemba Walker had a step back that he missed at the buzzer to beat the Lakers. LeBron and company were lucky they did not lose three in a row. On to college basketball. In top 25 action, Gonzaga beats Pepperdine 97-75. to Baylor tops Auburn 84-72. Villanova beats Seton Hall 80-72. Virginia travels to Virginia Tech and loses 65-51. Oklahoma holds off Alabama 66-61. Texas Tech squeaks one out against LSU on the road 76-71. Florida knocks off West Virginia 85-80. Missouri hands TCU a loss 102-98. Penn State knocks off Wisconsin 81-71. Tennessee takes care of Kansas 80-61. Georgia Tech knocks off Florida State 76-65. Wake Forest beats Miami 66-54 to give Steve Forbes his second win in the Atlantic Coast Conference. And Notre Dame goes into Pittsburgh and wins 84-58. In the NHL... The Philadelphia Flyers beat the New York Islanders 3-2. Pittsburgh takes care of the Rangers on the road 5-4. And Alex Ovechkin comes off of COVID protocol to beat Boston 4-3 in overtime. That is sports. We will be back with Sunday Fun Day after this. 3, 2, 1. Welcome back to Sunday Fun Day. As I said yesterday, we are about six days away from our first interaction with student-athletes this year for winter sports in Washington County Public Schools, so I thought I'd spend a little bit of time today talking about what I do with my staff in order to prepare for the start of a season. The first thing we do is we check grades. Coach Hoffman does an unbelievable job putting everything together for me on Excel spreadsheet, Then him and I are able to talk about which players are on the bubble, which players are doing great in the classroom and which ones are doing not so great in the classroom. Then from there, we can determine which ones look like they will make the roster. After we do that, we start kind of putting things together with regards to varsity, JV, and then obviously freshmen are just going to be the freshmen. But we know who we like, who we don't like. A lot of who we choose is not just basketball skill. We want to look at academics. We want to look at character. We want to look at the way you carry yourself in the hallways, the way you interact with your teammates. All of this goes into determining who makes a roster. So anybody that thinks, well, I'm the best basketball player, I should make the roster. If you're not doing A through Z for me, you're not going to make my roster. It's just that simple. And I've tried to explain to the parents of my players that this is how I operate. 
And even though I never wore a South High uniform, the best decision I made when putting my staff together was to have some former South High players on my roster. And by doing that, you get an idea of what the jersey feels like from somebody that put it on. It is a privilege, not a right, to wear my uniform. And when I tell that to players, that it is a privilege to be a South High basketball player. It's not a right. Some of them don't understand that until after they've left or after they've been cut and then come back the next year and like, man, I really want to wear that, Coach. I'm really going to follow your rules. So this is with regards to what we do with players. Now, on the flip side of it, we are in constant contact with the school, setting up schedules for practices. We're also in contact with E. Russell Hicks Middle School, where we have a gym up there for practice, trying to get things set up. Now, COVID has thrown a wrench into some different things, and we need to get the dividers out and all that kind of stuff. But once we know our practice times, we're given two hours for practice, and then I'm able to dive into an Excel spreadsheet that I formulated while I was a college coach on how I can best use the next two hours of their time for practice. Everything's broken into a time slot. On that time slot will be the start and the end time. That will go on our scoreboard so that the practices move smoothly. We don't get caught on one specific item of instruction for very long so that we're not losing focus on what we're trying to do, which is add A, B, C, D, E in every practice and become better at it instead of just getting stuck on A and B and we'll never get to C, D, E, and F. That's the way we break out practice schedules. Every single one of my practice schedules is done. It's given to my assistant coaches. My assistant coaches know what we're doing at what time. And then I also post it for the players as well, just so they have an idea what we're getting ourselves into. Now, I'm starting to slowly work on practice plans for this week because we're only allowed to have so many kids in the gym. I'm not going to disclose how many, but we're allowed to have so many kids in the gym at a time. By doing that, I want to make sure that I'm getting the most bang for my buck, per se, every single time the kids walk in the gym to get them back into a playing condition be a little bit of skills and drills because the 16th of february for our first scrimmage is going to be here before you know it and the 26th of february which is game number one is going to be here before you know it and i want to make sure that i do the best job i can as a coach in order to get everything in front of them once all this is said and done then we go into our locker room area we make sure all the practice gear is accounted for a and then B, we wash everything, bring it back out so that it's ready to go for the guys. The varsity gets tops and bottoms, which means we give them a reversible practice jersey as well as shorts. JV get a reversible practice jersey. We make sure all that's ready to go. We count all of our basketballs, make sure all the airs and those and have those ready to go as well. Because once practice day gets here, everything becomes a sprint that day. It's just the fastest day in the world. You have all these plans and all these things you want to say as a head coach when you get the guys circled up, but once you get there, there's five million things that go through your head as you get into practice number one. So that's why I do so much with charting. I put a quote of the day on my practice plan because I want to talk to the guys about that. I mean, this year we're just going to talk a lot about opportunity. The opportunity that we actually have the blessing to be on the floor together. We have the chance to be in competition together. That's just a blessing in itself. So we're just going to be pretty thankful for exactly how many times we can practice, how many times we can play, and how many times we can be together. Once all this is done, then we really get into the nitty-gritty of what I'm going to add, what I'm not going to add, what's going to be too much during one practice, what's not going to be too much during one practice with regards to offensive concepts, defensive concepts. And, you know, as I've talked to all my college assistant friends and head coaching friends over the last couple weeks, 
The one thing that we can teach that has nothing to do with more than energy and effort is rebounding and defense. If you can do those two things, you'll keep yourself in the ballgame. Shooting is going to be pretty easy because we're going to have a lot of time to get shots up. So we're looking forward to all of this. This is what it looks like going into a practice setting starting six days from now. Each day I'm going to give you a little tidbit of what I've done, where we're at, how much closer we are to being ready to roll the balls out. Um, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a great time. You know, we have six games. I'd like to see my guys compete six times, and the results are going to be the results. But I really just want to get them back into a routine and get the competitive juices flowing again, not just for them, but for me and my staff. You know, I've got a really loyal staff, a great staff that I'm excited to work with. Coach Andy Hoffman is my JV coach. He's been with me now for a couple years. Shane Santel, who is also a South High graduate, has been my freshman coach for the last three seasons, going on number four. Rob Spann has been with me as an assistant coach since the beginning. Brad Leisinger is my other assistant coach. He has been with me since last season, so this is season number two. And my dad's also my assistant coach. He's been with me since the first day of practice, and he is a South High graduate as well. We all work together. I'm sure I'm a pain in the ass to deal with most days as a head coach, but I apologize for that. It's I kind of see things a certain way. And uh, when I look through those tinted glasses, that's how I see things. But we all get along together. We work well. We celebrate the wins. We have a really good time with everything. When we lose, we stick together and we try to figure out how to be better the next day. With that being said, this is Sunday Fun Day. Looking forward to having Devin Williams when we get back. Never in my wildest dreams podcast begins in... Three, two, one... Welcome back to Never Know Out of Street Podcast. Looking forward to my next guest, Coach Devin Williams, who's the associate head coach at Gonzaga High School in Washington, D.C. He has bounced all over the place in coaching, but I really want to explain where he's gone, where he's played, and the knowledge that he brings of the game to his players and Gonzaga. So he went to Quince Orchard High School as well as Frederick High School. He is a cadet. He played basketball at Coppin State for two years as well as Frostburg for two years. He coached his first coaching job was at Gaithersburg Middle School while he was an assistant at Quince Orchard. The next year, he was a varsity assistant at Quince Orchard. He took his first head coaching job at Franklin in Baltimore County. He also worked a five-star event at Georgetown Prep, which got him to his next place. The next five-star event he worked at was at Gonzaga High School in D.C., where he met Steve Turner. For the next two seasons, he became the head freshman coach. They went 64-3 and in two years. That led him to the next spot where he was in charge of recruiting, as well as an assistant coach for the varsity team at St. Stephen St. Agnes. After that move, he went back with Steve, which Steve calls it home for Devin, and we're going to talk about that. But he goes back there, and he's been there for the last 10 years, and he's now the associate head coach. Devin, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me, man. Hey, not a problem. You, uh, you surviving on this snow day we got here on Sunday? I'm trying to, trying to, <laughs> watching a little TV, but trying to stay sane, man. This, this is this is a crazy time we're in right now. It, it is. So you guys opened up last week in the WCAC, correct? Well, we it's it's an abbreviated schedule. So the WCAC, we're not we're not actually playing for a WCAC championship this year as a conference. Got you. Um, the WCAC has given given the schools autonomy to kind of figure out what their schedules are. So when it first started. Um, half of our teams were playing and the other other half were sitting um, and, and, and trying to figure out what, what the next move was. Mm-hmm. 
So right now, so right now we're kind of sitting at um, there are a couple of schools playing in this league over at the St. James facility in Springfield, uh, Virginia. Yes. Um, we we opened up last week, uh, starting in that. How, how have you guys done so far? Uh, so we have two teams in it. We have because we we did not have an opportunity to have a tryout this year. Um, we decided it'd be it'd be best for us to have two teams. Um, I think one team right now is two uh, one one and two and zero, oh, and the other team is one and one. Got you. I know you know I grew up in the BCL, and uh, and you know that being a Goretti guy that I grew up in the BCL. But I would have to say, top to bottom, night in night out, the WCAC is the toughest conference in the country. And I've been fortunate to travel a lot and see a lot of games. New York, down into Virginia, out in Chicago, I've been able to see a lot of teams play. And I would say the WCAC night in and night out is the toughest conference. Explain to the listeners, what is it really like in the WCAC, especially you get into tournament time and that type of stuff. Explain that environment. Oh, man, when you when you get to the tournament, there's nothing, nothing else like it. I don't think there's any kind of other uh amateur experience like it especially you know and up and down the the mid-atlantic um you know you're coming into it packed house Mm -hmm. uh bender arena you know you gotta you gotta park somewhere else you can't park in any of the parking decks because they're packed to the brim um i mean you got people that aren't don't, don't even have kids or no skin in the game and they're at their arena just cheering and whatnot so it's it's definitely an unreal experience um, to experience, and I, I definitely uh, challenge people to come check that out. You know, I followed it, and I've been down to it a little bit when I was recruiting, especially for Shenandoah. We, you know, my philosophy was, and we can talk about recruiting philosophy here when we get talking about your AAU organization. But my philosophy was, if I could get a kid that was six, seven, eight on a Gonzaga or Demath or Paul to sixth, they're going to be better suited than somebody that might be two, three, or four on another roster just because of who they had to compete against every single day in practice for the last year or more. Um, so I spent a lot of time down at those events recruiting, and I have would have to say that it's more hopping than most college events at the Division three or two level for conference tournament, and maybe some low majors. I mean, I remember, I think the arena seats like five or 6,000 people, and it was like packed yes. to the brim. Like, packed unbelievable. Packed to the brim, standing room only. <clears throat> You know they have to put in um, extra extra seating. Like it's 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 a spectacle. And does everybody make that tournament? Yes. So, so every- uh, we we kind of dub it as you know our games in our regular season are all rehearsals for this moment. And the student sections are off the charts, from what I've oh, seen. Yeah. Oh yeah, off the charts, unreal. I mean, you know, it's it's a, it's a special feeling, especially for us down on I Street. Um, to have all of our guys, because I mean, we're we're an all boys uh, school, mm-hmm. um, and just to have all of our guys, our brothers, just just cheering for us, going crazy in the stands is it's an amazing feeling. I was fortunate enough we played against Gonzaga um, when I was in high school, and I think that the court is named after the guy that I played against, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Uh, Dick, Dick Myers, Coach Dick, Dick Myers. There you go, Coach Myers. And they had a kid named Howard Blue. We ended up beating them. I hit a big shot against Gonzaga to beat them as a sophomore and as a junior. I shot the ball really well against them. But I remember coming down. But I'm not on social media anymore. But when I was on social media, I remember you posting some different clips and videos and pictures and stuff. Well, your gym looks nothing like what I remember playing at. Have you guys remodeled Gonzaga a little bit as well? 
we've had we've had, we've had some renovations um, to the, the gymnasium area, and we we got a couple a few more coming. Um, it's it's tough for us to uh, renovate and, and upgrade the facilities because of where we are geographically and right. down in the in the heart of the city. Um, but we've had some some court renovations since we have. That's what I thought. Um, you know, Gonzaga is a perennial power. You work for one of what I consider the best in the business, to be honest with you. I've met, had, had the fortune to meet Steve multiple times, some up at the Alhambra, and Steve's a really good human being and a really good basketball coach. What's it like working for Steve? Oh, it's amazing. It's, uh, you know, I get a, a front row seat to, you know, one of the greatest that, that, that have ever done it. Um, but I think more so than the basketball part, I, I think it's, it's for me, it's the human side. I think it's the, it's the everyday stuff. You know, I speak to this guy every day. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk every day. Actually, before I jumped on this call, I was in a meeting with him. Um, but it's just been great just learning from him, soaking up his knowledge. Um, and he's, he's, he's willing, he's a willing teacher. Um, he's he's willing to give his advice. He's willing to, you know, put you in positions so you can be successful um, because he knows at the end of the day, it's not about him. He he honestly lives that um, motto of men for others. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of one of the mantras there? And I know it's a mantra with the Gonzaga basketball, if that's how he lives it. Is that a mantra within Gonzaga itself? Yes, that is the, the Jesuit, Jesuit way is uh, men for others. So you've been there for 10 years. And in that 10-year window, you started the District Basketball Club. Yes. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Was that the first AAU organization you started, or did you have something prior to the district? I had a – so when I coached at – when I was coaching at uh, QO – program or team rather mm-hmm. called the Maryland stars. Okay. Um, I remember it was, short, it, was, it was short-lived, but we, uh, we had some fun with it. I just wanted to give um, a couple guys in that upper County area an opportunity to play and compete against some, some better talent. Um, and I think, uh, we sent a couple of kids, we helped a couple of kids to college. Um, but yeah, it was fun, but that was, that was very short-lived. How long has the district been around now? The district has been around, uh, established in 2016. So, congratulations! You're coming up. This is, so you had this is your first kind of like senior push through, isn't it? So we had yeah. So what happened? We had our first our first seniors graduated last year. Got you. Yep, our first uh, seniors graduated last year. A couple of them have already signed with agencies and they're ready to start that next part of their their life so you got guys that are signing with agents already just because of the college stuff that's that's yep still waiting um but yeah it's 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 been a fun ride and it was it was really good to see um those guys graduate and get their degrees and Mm -hmm. um the families that accepted that so it was a really special moment to see those guys graduate this year well you know it's funny because I keep a lot of stats in my mind and not a lot of them are wins and losses and I know people will say well you know the guys that win a lot will think more about the wins and losses the guys that lose a lot don't think about the wins and losses but the stat I keep the most is the dudes that I got across the stage oh yeah and um I have a wall 
of every place that I've sent a kid to go play four-year ball, being, you know, a JUCO coach. And then obviously I was at Shenandoah for four years, but being a high school coach at multiple levels and then being a JUCO guy for three years, I have a play a big wall of places that I've sent. And I'm up over 30 schools that I've sent kids to to participate in playing college basketball and following their dream. And that wall means more to me than a lot of the stuff because it is cool to look at and think back to like, man, I really did send kids all over the place. And, and that's and, that, and that's that's why we do it. That's why I do it. I know it's it's not ever going to be just about me, solely about me. So, you know, if I can get a kid to a school that maybe he had no idea he could get to, um, that's that's what it that's what does it for me. Now, you guys, if I'm not mistaken, were Adidas for a little bit. Is that correct? Yeah. So, when our in our first year, we uh, in our first year, I had a, a gentleman that was in our us uh, on our staff. Um, that was really good friends with the gentleman that ran Indiana Elite, um, okay. and they kind of leveraged us an opportunity to play with them on that uh, on that platform uh, for our first couple of years. How did you like being part of that group? Uh, it wasn't it wasn't bad, not bad. I mean, you always want to you know, I mean, starting anything brand new, you want to make sure that your um, your words and your brochure match your actions. So we wanted to make sure that we were getting our kids as much exposure as possible. Mm -hmm. um, and at that time, that presented us the most exposure. You know, <clears throat> you are affiliated with Nike. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, we are. Uh, we're, 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 we're on that road, on that road with Nike, trying to, trying to navigate some things. I think um, right now our biggest play for us is uh, working with the Hoop Group um, on their HGSL. Okay. How has that been going? I mean, I know COVID kind of kind of messed things up last it's been, time. It's been amazing. I mean, I think Hoop Group does an amazing job um, at sending their kids and and and, and uh, you know for publicity's uh, standpoints, they run top notch um, events. Um, so it's been great to be a part of that for the last I want to say last three years um, with them because they they just do a great job um, at promoting the kids because that's what it's all about. Well, and, and, you know, that's an unbelievable organization. I, I can't imagine all that really goes into making those summers work. I mean, between the individual camps and then you have academic elite camp and then you have all the team stuff. They don't have really had the team camp anymore. It's more this it's more this high school league, isn't it? Yes. So this uh, the, the HGSL is definitely the HGSL is definitely one of the leagues that they're they're promoting now. Um in regards to you know summer spring and summer ball, got you, got you, and it's local. I mean, you don't have to travel nearly as far as you would for EYBL or if you got into the gauntlet or, or grassroots or something like that. Exactly, right? it's more. It's definitely more fiscally responsible too. <clears throat> well, I was going to give you a hard time because I mean, you're an Adidas guy, and you know the last ten years you've been putting on the check when you go to Gonzaga. So I was wondering how that worked itself out, but you were able to answer a little bit of that question. So yeah, no, my uh, my closet at that time, my closet was split. Uh, <laughs> it was definitely I, I definitely roped off uh, some Adidas gear at the time. Um, when when the spring hit, I, I actually let that stuff go. Um, but I've given all that away since then. So yep. <laughs> I wear a medium if you have any extras. Okay, I'll definitely <laughs> keep that in mind. I'll something. Um, no, you've done an unbelievable job. I know um, you and Walter Booth are the two guys that I know, and, and, and I'd like you to explain more who does what for you in your program, but I know you and Walter better than anybody else with regards to the program. Do you two work together in this? Is, how do you go about an everyday kind of like 
build up to a spring and summer season with the district? What, what does that look like for Devin Williams? So um, in preparation of our season, we typically start our prep um, in September. Okay. Um, where we get our staff together of various high school assistant and head coaches um, to kind of meet to, to see, you know, what our, what our, uh, our pros and cons were from the previous summer, spring and summer, mm-hmm. um, to see where we have to go next, um, whether it be, you know, personnel wise, whether it be, you know, recruiting, um, uh, whether it's got to be a tweak in our philosophy or culture, whatever the case may be, it's a, it's kind of an open forum where we get to um, just troubleshoot you know, what our next moves are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, we get a big board of, of players. We, we get a big board of classes first, and then we add uh, positions and then names um, of kids that, um, you know, we'd like to look at or look more into because we know at the end of the day, we can have a talented uh, student athlete, but if it's not the complete uh, package for us, um, it's not going to be a good situation for anyone. Um, right. we've kind of been able to etch our own little lane, so to speak, in the, uh, spring and summer ball in our area. So okay. we kind of know what a, what a, what a district kid looks like. Okay. Um, so we get that going and then we start, you know, everybody has their various, uh, areas of recruitment. So, you know, some, some, one of our coaches may have Montgomery County. One of our coaches may have PG one, two coaches may have Virginia, um, one coach may have a Pennsylvania uh, jurisdiction, but we, we, we divvy it out that way so that everybody's bringing something to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just go from there throughout the year. I mean, we're in this group chat and we're troubleshooting and we're, we're, we're putting guys up and we're putting videos up to our, uh, our, our spreadsheet stuff. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a lot that goes into it because we just don't want to, uh, anything attached to, you know, my name or boost name, we just don't want to roll a ball out and it's gotta be, a, it's gotta be a good product. Um, and for lack of a better word, we got to be able to sell our student athletes. So we want to make sure that we do our due diligence to make sure that they're the complete player. And it's not just the, it's not just the student athlete, it's the families as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and with, with Booth coming from, you know, uh, coaching and college background, um, that's definitely a, a big, big one for him is making sure that we're doing, you know, our recon on, on our families that we're bringing with into our family. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because I don't think a lot of people completely understand what goes into the recruiting process to either AAU or to college. I don't think that they realize that there's multiple levels. It's not just academics and character and obviously the basketball game. It's the families. It's the way, you know, they interact on certain days with their teammates. It's the way they interact with their teachers in their schools and their guidance counselors. There's so much that goes into recruiting and you've been fortunate enough to put kids in scholarships, whether it be yes. division two or division one scholarships to give kid a $250,000 over four year scholarship. There's a lot of vetting that goes into that process. Isn't there? Yes, a lot. Uh, it's just, it's extensive. And I think, um, like I said, for us, you know, this wasn't when we decided to, you know, create the district basketball club. We were coming from a program, the uh, Booth and I, uh, the D.C. Blue Devils, mm-hmm. where, um, you know, we coached Markel, Markel Fultz and uh, Jeff Doughton and a, a bunch of other local guys that were really, really talented. Um, but we wanted to do it our way and we weren't allowed to do it our way in that setting. So we just decided to, you know, go in a different direction. Um, and kind of put more of our our stamp on 
on on what's going on on a daily. And I think the day to day is what gets you through a lot of things. Um, that's why we've been able to build a culture uh, with the program from 2016 to now. You know, I, I think that's where we first met when you were with the Blue Devils, if I'm not mistaken. I think I was recruiting yep. some of your kids then. And um, <clears throat> it's funny when, when you talk, you mentioned Markel. So obviously Markel's in the league. Um, I think he just tore his ACL, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's so unfortunate. He has not had like an easy go at any of this. It was his shoulder, it was his shooting no. form, it was his ACL. I mean, the poor kid has not had an opportunity. But I, where I'm going with that is, You've been around a lot of unbelievably talented kids who get paid now to play the game of basketball. And what separates them from, A, being able to do that, and B, the ones who think they can and don't, in your opinion? I think the difference, the separator is is work ethic. Um, wanting wanting to do the dirty stuff. Wanting to, 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 to grind in the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, so to speak, I think that's that's what separates a lot, and and a lot of it also goes into the appreciation aspect. I think the guys who 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 make it appreciate the opportunity. Uh-huh. They don't just take it; they don't take it for granted. Right. Um, so I think that's what that's a that's a huge. Those are two huge separators. You know, it's funny you say that. Kids talk about work and the grind, the grind. That that word has almost been like overused. And I and I yes. and I fall to the grind topic too. Like, I man, I'm we're grinding through. I'm grinding through this week, you know. But it's so overused now. Um, and and the thing that I struggle with, and I had to get off social media because I just couldn't see this shit anymore. But the kids that put up their clips of getting shots up, right? Like they set the freaking camera up. I'm grinding today. I'm getting my shots up. I grew up with Akita Goretti. My mom was the AD there for 32 years. So I was fortunate that I had a dry gym. I didn't go outside and get shots up. I had a, a roof over my head to put shots up whenever I truly wanted to my entire time growing up. I don't remember posting one picture because social media didn't exist. But I just wouldn't even have thought about it. Like I was more intrigued and competitive and like, how many shots can I make in a row? How many shots can I make in an hour? How many threes can I make coming off of this? You know, we had one of those old like passback screens. Remember those old things? Koki ordered those things from like the eight, early eighties. It toss back. There you go, that thing. So you know, you're hitting that. How we many can use, I? We still use it. You still those things are still around, or did you buy we that still like use a? It. I need to see that. That you use it at Gonzaga, or use it with the district. Yeah, Gonzaga. Uh, you know, that's probably still from Coach Myers' era. Then. Exactly, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we were co- you come off a screen, you catch, and you're... you're I, that's all I gave a shit about. I could care less what the grind looked like. And I think these kids today worry more about how many likes they're going to get on their quote-unquote 32-second grind that you see them doing at the gym. And I do believe the ones that that don't talk about it are the ones that are actually doing it. Are you seeing that with the guys that you're, you're working with? Yeah, I, 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 you do. I mean, you know, when we see clips all the time, I get people send me clips all the time. You know, they send Steve clips. I mean, Booth, they send him clips all the time. Um, and I, I, I tell people all the time, I don't, I'm not a clip guy. I'm not a highlights guy. I want to see the lowlights. I want to see, you know, what you're doing or how you're reacting to certain situations. Um, when I look at highlight, when I do look at highlights, how fast are you going in these workouts? Are these game speed shots? Like, Thank you. Um, are these actually moves that you can perform in a game? Like, there, there, there are a lot of things that people misconstrue, and um, 
I know a lot of trainers and I, I love those guys and they, they you know, I'm never going to knock someone else's, you know, hustle. But what what are, what are, what are we doing for these kids if we're not, you know, teaching them the game to be as efficient as possible? It's funny you say that cuz when I <clears throat> when I played overseas a little bit and <clears throat> played against those adult men and and I'll never and I'm going to say this cuz we were winning one game. We were up like 18 or 20 at halftime. And we were a bunch of young college cats that just got out of school. And we thought we were the bee's knees, and we're over there running these old heads into the ground. Well, needless to say, we lost, okay? So I kind of get what the NBA second half of the third quarter and the whole fourth quarter looks like, like that efficiency grind where they just wear you down. Um, It was all about speed. They controlled the speed by which they moved it the entire game. And it was all one dribble pull-ups. It was triple threat. It wasn't 55 dribble moves into a layup. It was efficiency. One dribble bounce pass. One dribble kick it. One dribble shot. It was amazing. And then when I got down working out with the Dazzle um, and doing some of the stuff with those guys, like if you dribble too much, that coach ripped your ass. Like he'd be like, this is not the Globetrotters. Like we're, we're here to perform a job. And your job is not, he was funny, like, he's at no cussing, like, fans are going to come around, no cussing around the kids, like, you represent something greater than yourselves. I've never really thought about that, you know, as a player, you kind of think about it, you look at some of the guys that cuss on ESPN and stuff like that, and you're like, God, like, he is like a role model, but that guy, that guy got on us about that, and, I mean, he was really strict about language around the kids and the way we carried ourselves, but where I'm getting at with this is, those levels were the highest that I played at. And none of the crap, and I call it crap, and I'm not knocking somebody's hustle either, like you said, but the crap that I see kids doing from a workout perspective is not preparing them for what the game is truly like, in no, my opinion. I mean, it's, it's, it's not. It's, 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 it's actually, we call it working backwards because Agreed. What, what, what happens is, is let's say you work out with your trainer and they're teaching you to do something at one speed. And then you get to us and we're like, no, you, I mean, yeah, in training speed, that's great. But in a game, things change. Mm-hmm. Things go faster than that. Like you, and we don't know, you know, what, 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 what chinks we have in our armor until you show us everything you have. And I don't think a lot of guys have the opportunity in training sessions to do that. Um, like for us, like you, you were talking about your coach didn't allow cursing and everything like that. Like mm-hmm. that's a part of culture, culture building. Um, you know, for us, everything that you, whenever you catch the ball with the district is, it's gotta be triple threat. Like you gotta be a threat to do something. You can't catch the ball on, you know, off balance or on your heels with the, with the ball above your head. Right. You gotta be a threat to do something. Mm-hmm. So that's what we, we stress that. I mean, to the point where, you know, if you're not doing it, I, I can find somebody else that will, I mm-hmm. think, you know, as we grow as a program, you know, from the beginning, it was, you know, teaching, trying to show somebody a vision so they would join us. I think now we're at a luxury where we have kids, you know, trying to contact us about playing on teams, you know, daily. So no different than when you get to college. If you can't perform a certain task, coach is going to find somebody else that can. In 30 seconds. In 30 seconds or less. <laughs> because, you know, <clears throat> you didn't hear what I talked about prior to getting you on the phone. Okay, so I talked a little bit about today and my Sunday fun day was about what it's like for me to set up, you know, a week leading into to workouts for us since we're finally coming back off COVID break. And, you know, it's 
grades. Like my assistant coach does an unbelievable job putting everything in a spreadsheet for me from a grades perspective. So I can have real heart to heart, tough conversations with kids like, yo, you did not do what you were supposed to do. I can't, I can't take you because the school system's telling me I can't take you. Mm -hmm. And then you get into the, the practice side of things and you know what it's like. But the one thing I said that I, you're going to laugh when I say this because I'm sure Steve has said it. I know you well enough that you've said this. It is a privilege to put on a district basketball uniform or a South Hagerstown basketball uniform. It's not a right. And I will invoke my right to take that jersey away if you don't do it the right way. Agreed. And, Hold up wholeheartedly. And, and kids today need to hear that. They uh, do. And you would, you would think, and, and one would think, that during the time that we're in as a country with this pandemic and everything, that the the what you what you would consider the little things or the the, the minute details of you know going to class every day online or going at a, in a hybrid state, however you're doing it, knock out your work yep. because the work is a prerequisite to having the opportunity. And then once the opportunity stops presenting itself, you still have to have something to fall back on. Mm-hmm. The ball always stops bouncing. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do after that? You, you know, I talk. I always use the phrase, the air is going to come out eventually. And as I shared with you before we came on, I've been fortunate to meet some serious people in the game. Um, I've been fortunate enough to go to the Hall of Fame during a Hall of Fame weekend and hang out with Jerry Colangelo and, and Gary Williams, Tom Izzo, Bill Self, um, I'm looking up on my wall right now as I'm going through this just to kind of see if I'm missing anybody. Dick Vitale, Jim Nance. I've been able to meet a lot of these guys, right, where the ball has stopped bouncing. Where I'm going with this is I met Shaquille O'Neal at the one event, and I'll tell my Shaquille story and Gary Payton story. So <clears throat> we're up in this one bar area that Shaq had rented out for his Hall of Fame party. So I go in, and I'm with Dennis Scott, because Dennis is from Hagerstown. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, Den- Dennis Dennis, and Rodney Monroe are cousins. Oh, wow. So Dennis grew up in Hagerstown, went to Flint Hill, played for Stu. You obviously know that story. And Rodney went to mm-hmm. Goretti, and we all know that story, right? So mm-hmm. Dennis found out I was from Hagerstown, so he's like, A-Town, you with me all night. I'm like, oh, this ought to be fun. So it was me yeah. and my buddy Rich <laughs> from CBS Sports, who's also the voice of the Hall of Fame is the reason I'm in any of these circles at this point now. So we go to Shaq's party. Well, I go and order a beer. So I'm sitting at the bar. It's me, Travis Best, Ray Allen, Dennis Scott, and Gary Payton sitting at the bar. They're drinking liquor. I'm drinking a beer. And this hand comes and gets in the middle of my back. And this, this hand is massive. And the, the voice sounds just like this. Who ordered a beer? And I'm like... I did. He's like, we don't drink beer at my parties. We drink liquor. At that moment, I knew I had to finish that bottle of beer because Shaq was not buying me anymore. Uh. (laughs) Where I'm going with all this is the ball stopped for those dudes, and they're worth a lot of money, but it goes back to education, and Shaq talks about that. Good. And And that's that's what it should be about. I mean, you know, that's at the end of the day. I mean, I think it's. I think. I think with social media and everything, AAU and travel basketball has gone to a different stratosphere because um, because of the the 
the the opportunity and the accessibility of it all, mm-hmm. I think that uh, it's also become monetized as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in its in its in its fabric, it, it's supposed to be about getting kids and using basketball as a vehicle and giving them some other opportunities and getting them outside of their 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 hometown area. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's that's one of the biggest focuses for us with the, you know with the district basketball club. So um, it's been great. It's been a great ride. Like I said, I've had I have coaches from uh, all over the area coaching with us. We just had one of our uh, coaches, program coaches, just picked up a head coaching job at a public school out in out in Maryland. So nice. It, it it's been fun. We've been able to, like I said, we've been able to sit and uh, the number is what we've been able been able to send like thirty five kids to college, ninety one percent of them being Division one. It's awesome. Um, we just sent our we just sent our first two JUCO kids uh, in the 2020 class. Okay. So first two kids JUCO. Where'd they go? Um, uh, one went to Paris Community College, and the other ones at MC. Paris um, Community College, Texas. Yep, Texas. I was you, out in Texas you, right now. Did you fly him um, down on that trip? Say that one more time. Did you fly him down on that trip? Did you go down on I that trip? Not. I did not. You need to take a trip to West JUCO. Seriously, just really? to un- oh my god. We when we were at HCC and we played Lee College, the point guard was kicked off at Tim Floyd's team for smoking too much dope at Utah, <laughs> and that dude was unreal. And remember <laughs> Ding Ding who played for LSU? Uh huh. That was their center. Dang. We Dang. lost. I think I, I want to say it was like one hundred nine, one hundred three, or one hundred seven, ninety seven, or something like that. We lost to them out in Hutchinson. That I have never seen talent like that on a basketball floor. I got a buddy, one of our coaches on our staff now. He's a uh, he's a he was a JUCO coach back in the day. And one thing that I know about JUCO is everyone's got a story, man. Oh my! I mean, <laughs> look, and and I'm not picking on Maryland JUCO, right? Because I love Maryland JUCO, and it gave me an opportunity to be a college basketball coach, and it was able I was able to use it as a springboard to get to my next stop, and. Mm-hmm. The Maryland Juco is a unique thing in itself, and it's very good within itself. It is nothing like junior college out west. Absolutely mm-hmm. nothing. We're, we're sitting on the court, right? <clears throat> Northwest Florida State's playing before us, which is with, at the time was Steve Forbes, who's now the Wake Forest head coach. He's the head mm-hmm. coach there because he got the two-year show clause at Tennessee, so he had to get bumped to the juke level just to kind of save his ass. Kind of save his, yeah. Yep. <clears throat> so he's he's there. Bob Huggins is coming in recruiting my big man at HCC. So I'm talking with Huggins before the game. And it's just a wild event. And then all of a sudden, Chris Thomas, who played at Louisville, was playing in that game, which was Steve Forbes and those guys. Mm-hmm. And they played against New Mexico Junior College, who came in like its own charter bus. They had the freaking... Um, Big flags when they ran out of the locker room. The flags were running around the court like it was in, you know, blue chips. And I'm like, hold up. Maryland Juco has like five fans come to a game. Where are we? Exactly. And, but right. I'm telling you, you need to go take one of them trips for fun because it is a whole nother ball game when you get out there. I've definitely got to put that on on, on my list um, just you- to get out there. I mean, because the, the kid was our, was our point guard, starting point guard. So he's... Uh, He's excited about the opportunity. They actually just started playing games last week. I think they're two and one so far. Have you sent anybody to Shenandoah University by chance? We have not. The we've, head- had, we've, we've had Shenandoah recruit a couple of our guys um, as of late, but we haven't sent one yet. So Adam Walsh, who is the head coach there now, 
Mm-hmm. Um, Adam was the Paris head coach a oh. while ago. So when him and I talk, it's like, man, we get into to juke shorts. Remember the kid Desmond Lee? Does that name ring a bell? Yes. He played on that New Mexico team against Chris Thomas, who played on the Northwest Florida State team. So you have NC State going head-to-head against Louisville on the floor. It was off the charts. I bet. Gro- I bet. Grown men in front of 8,500 people just going at it in Juco ball. Maryland, Maryland Juco needs to catch up then. Yeah. I mean, say, I mean, you know, Hartford, have you been to the Hartford Center? I have not. That thing, it's kind of like, it's almost like Bender Arena at the Juco level. Oh, wow. Yeah, really, really nice setup that they did there. Um, but, no, I mean, I've followed you for a long time now from a distance. I really haven't. I mean, I, we talk when we see each other, you know, summer league games or whatever. Mm-hmm. We're back in town. We catch up. But you've done an unbelievable job helping kids, and, and you probably don't get told that enough. I know I know Cedric's on your staff, or he was on your staff the last I talked to Ced, and then I know, obviously I know Walt's with you, but you guys do an unbelievable job, and it, it's cool to, to see from a distance how well the district has grown. And my goal as a head coach is to get somebody good enough to play for you. No, I appreciate that. And like I said, we've definitely, we love, we love our area. I mean, I, I love this area. Um, I've grown to love it. Me not, you know, originally being from this area, but growing up a, a huge majority of my life here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's grow. It's definitely my home. So I, I want to make sure that I'm taking care of my community as much as possible. Um, that's why I'm helping out in, in, in your neck of the woods now with the Hub City Hogs. I didn't know you were up here helping out with those dudes. Y'all played. Yeah, that, y'all played it, it, yesterday or today? We haven't played. We we haven't played yet. We played. A, we scrimmaged. We had an exhibition game uh, last week and the week before, week prior. How you like being a part of that? It's different. It's different. You know, I, I, when 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 Brad called me and um, wanted me to you know come and help out and lend my voice because we, we at that time when he when he called me Gonzaga we weren't playing so I needed to fill my time I couldn't. Staying home, staying home with the family was, 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 it's great, but it's, uh, you know, at, at times you want something different. So got stimulate you know, your I, brain. I said, yes. Um, and you know, I, it's, it's a different because it's, they're not kids anymore. These right. are, these are adults trying to, you know, figure out what their next step is. Yep. Um, but it's been, it's been fun. I've enjoyed every moment of it. Um, you still playing games at Garetti? And when you, if you do come back for a season or whatever, are they still going to be games at Garetti, or, or where are you all going to play your home games? Uh, I think right now we're still trying to figure out what that what that's going to look like because they did jump from the ABA to now they're in the ECBL. I did see that. League. Yeah, I did see that. So what's what's going to end up happening is like right now we've you know we've gone through our mini camps or training camps. Yep. Um, we've had two exhibition games so far. Um, and right now we're just kind of practicing and, and preparing for the season that's supposed to start in March. Nice. Nice. Um, so, like I said, I've been, I've been filling my time. I'm, uh, I'm slated to coach a TBT team this summer on the TBT. Are you? Um, Which team are you yeah. going to coach? Say it again. Which team are you going to be a part of? So we're doing a team, it's called, uh, Team Takeover Lupus. Um, we're, we're rallying around Lupus right now, so it's going to be, um, it's going to be fun. Um, we're in the preparation stage now, just uh, recruiting and making sure we're getting uh, the right talent to, to come play with us. So that part of it's been fun. Yep. Um, it's crazy. It's a crazy story how that came about. So uh, a kid that I coached at St. Stephen's when I first got to St. Stephen's, okay. um, 
by the name of Mike Blumenthal. He wasn't, he was good. He could shoot the ball. I know Mike, Mike could shoot the ball, but he wasn't one of our, like, you know, uh, highly touted kids. Um, ended up going to uh, Indiana for school. Okay. Um, met up with his business partner, uh, Justin Jarvis, um, who was, uh, I believe Justin went to Murray or St. Albans, one of the two. Great schools either way. Um, and they've they've been business partners ever since school. And they uh, Mike called me one day and said, hey, coach, you know, I'm back in the area. I have this uh, new business project that I'm that I'm you know trying to get going. Um, I would love to talk to you. Now, mind you, I haven't spoken to Michael since he graduated back in 2010. OK, 10 years, so decade. Yeah. yeah. So it's been a while. So I, I at first I thought it was spam. You know, because it was a Facebook message. I'm like, nah, I don't even, nah, I don't, I don't trust this. <laughs> so, um, he gave me his number. I we got on the phone, and he said, "Coach, I have a project that I want that I think will be right up your alley." And I said, "Okay, well, what's up? Shoot, you know, let me know." So he explains to me that um, he's getting a, he's got a team together in the TBT, um, and they were looking for coaches for for a coach. Um, and they had a list of coaches from the area and everything. And he said, when he, when they looked at the list, my name was on the list and he said, Oh, well, I know coach. He used to coach me, you know, a decade ago. Um, and he said, I, I had, you know, he had to call me, um, and he explained what it was. And, um, you know, I'm always, I always want to, you know, help as much as I can if, if, you know, if possible. Um, so I accepted it. So now we're, like I said, we're in the process of trying to get this, get this thing rolling. Um, once we start to get our commitments and we're going to, you know, get on social media blast and everything like that. But nice. yeah, we're slated to play in the TBT this summer. That's awesome. Who, uh, who else? Are you the head guy? Yeah. Yep. So who do you, do you have your staff set up? Is that, is that what you're all doing? Then you, your yeah, staff yeah, and yeah. you are no, so right. So right now it's just going to be, so our staff is going to be myself, uh, Walter Booth. Nice. Uh, and then, uh, Justin and Mike are going to be on the uh, as our GMs. That's awesome. That's now you trying to get kids just from the the DMV or, or you're pulling so we've from been, wherever. We've been so our net started our radius started with the DMV. We wanted to get guys that either played high school in the DMV okay. or played college ball in the DMV. But gotcha. as we expand, we're trying we're we're widening in that net. Got you. And what's the rules by which, for some people, don't know what the TBT is? It's the basketball tournament. It's sponsored by Puma. Correct. Yes. And it's, if I'm not mistaken, I think like $2 million goes to the winning team and they divide it amongst the players. Is that is that kind of how this thing works out? They, is that what it is? Yep, they divide it amongst the players and the, and the coaches. Yep. Got you. Um, so it's funny you say all this because it was funny. I was texting with Pat McGlynn the other day. You know Pat from York Ballers? Yes. So his son, Four, played last year and made it to the game, the finals, and they lost. But he played in the finals of the TBT last year. Against Marquette? Yes. yes. Yep. He was on the pur- I think he was on the purple team. I think is what is what they were. Now, now is is Keith giving you any shit being team takeover lupus? Is he saying anything with team takeover named on that or no? No, 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 no. Actually, this is the first time we've actually said it in a, in a public setting. So gotcha. he has a- <laughs> gotcha. Well, he, I'm, yeah. I'm sure Doug yeah. or one of them dudes will hit you up after this. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Doug's got his own. His, his he got his own things going on. You know, jumping on with the uh, with the Clippers. He's G-League with the Clippers team. G League team, right? He's busy. What is what is he doing with the G League? So he's uh, uh, Doug is assistant coach for Paul Hewitt on the Agua Caliente Clippers. Good for G him. League, G League team. 
Good for him. So, Doug's a good dude. He, uh, I, I'm glad he's out there doing that. I haven't talked to him in a while. I'm at the text his ass now that you brought oh, you that know, up. I, te- I, I text him. I text him when it when it was announced, and I said, uh, "Just reaching out to you before you change your phone number, big time." So he called me back immediately. He said, "Bull," you know. <laughs> so, but no, it's, it's it's always good. I I I, uh, I appreciate you know guys doing it the right way um mm-hmm. we've always had a mutual respect uh being district and, and team takeover yeah. when it comes to stuff like that so i'm i'm proud of those guys if 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 it's for the area it's for the area and and you know and that's and likewise with you i mean i think you know i know those guys i know you i know the kids are being taken care of the right way and uh and i i just think that's the most important part in all of this so that i mean at, at the end of the day it is and it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter you know what colors we we always like to associate i guess uh aau and travel basketball with 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 colors like like we're gangs or something like that but at the end of the day if 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 the kids that are wearing these colors are community kids then that's all that matters at the end of the day for for us absolutely i know that for us and and honestly i think it's the same way for them you know i i would believe that they want to make sure the kids get to the right locations and do the right thing so that they better their lives. And both of you guys have done that for youth. So I, I, I give both of you all a lot of credit. What's the, uh, what's the plan for Devin? What is, is the goal? Do you want to run your own WCAC team? Do you want to kind of stay in the role that you have there and, and get the district booming a little bit more than what it already is? What's, what's kind of like a five-year window look like for you? Uh, five-year window for me is, you know, whatever opportunities present themselves. I, I, I think the reason I'm able to put so much into um, my current projects and everything that I'm into is because I don't I don't think too far ahead with that stuff. Okay. Like I know at the end of the day, my family's taken care of with you know my job, my my nine to five. Right. So the, everything else is icing on the cake for me. I think um, I use this as an outlet. I use this to share my gift of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think whatever opportunities present themselves because of what I put into the projects I'm currently in, it's, it's going to happen for me. Um, right. I was never a guy that said, Oh man, I need to get, I need to coach in college. I need to coach in college. That's, that's never been a goal of mine. Um, now if an opportunity presented itself, I'd look into it. I'd make sure, you know, it was something that my, my family was cool with and everything like that, but that's not the end all be all for me. Um, the end all be all for me is just making sure that I'm, uh, supporting my community the best way I know how, and that's to support. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whatever happens after that happens you know it's the one cool thing that i like about doing this podcast is i'm able to talk to people that i haven't talked to in a while like you and i really we text but we don't catch up like we're doing right now but sports is the one common denominator in every conversation and it, obviously yeah. it's a sports podcast but sports has allowed me to meet really good people and create really good friendships and relationships. And I don't know if other things give the same opportunity. And I, it's just something I'm pretty blessed to be able to say I, I have as friends because of what I really love as a passion. I think, I, I think, you know, I wholeheartedly agree with that because I think at the end of the day, like, you know, outside of friendships, um, given the time that we're in right now, like that's what people need. People need, you know, these kind of interactions, mm-hmm. like to, to not think about other things. Um, but I always tell people all the time, um, once upon a time, somebody gave me an opportunity of, of, of basketball and it's taken, it's taken me all over the world. Mm-hmm. I've been able to see a lot of things that I probably wouldn't have seen had I not been in the sport. Um, and I've been able to meet some amazing people, uh, you know, 
during this during this ride during this journey um and i just look forward to it every day because you know i love the sport you know i just and i love interactions with people i think that's that's an underrated aspect of life that people really don't give us it's just do is this it, human interaction is amazing it really is it really definitely is and i know the pandemic has exposed that on the opposite side and, and we need to yes. get back so we can kind of be around people and you know, rub uh, shoulders, as they like to call it, where you sit side by side with somebody and you're able to kind of communicate again. Real quick before you go, Michigan State plays at Ohio State today. Is Izzo's team ready after the 67 to 37 drumming at Rutgers the other night? Never count out. It never count Izzo out. <laughs> never count Izzo out. I, <laughs> I, I love watching his teams because I just think they embody what I I want my teams to look like. Just tough. Absolutely. Tough guys. I just want tough guys. I tell I tell people that all the time. They go, what kind of guy, you know, what's your favorite player, you know, type? I just want to be tough. Yep. He may not even be the, the best skilled basketball player. I just want a guy that's tough. Yeah. Well, I, I'd like my guys to be like that, too. I've learned to back off a little bit. I used to squeeze the turnip too hard. Now I kind of... Uh, Last season, we were we were struggling around Christmas time, and I just decided I had some kids from the Dominican on my roster. Matter of fact, more of my kids spoke Spanish than they spoke English, and that was a little bit of a translation <laughs> thing I had to fix. But uh, I told them we were going to go to the beach. That's where I met my chillest spot, you know, flower shorts and, you know, hat on backwards and all that kind of chill moment. So we actually started doing that. I would rock like a hat backwards at practice, and we tried to bring a different vibe to the gym. We went 11 out of our next 12. So I guess I've got to figure out where my flip-flops are for next Saturday because yeah, it's going to be. <laughs> no, got to get, get your outfit. Got to get, that, gotta get ready to rock too. like I'm stepping into a Jimmy Buffett concert or something. So, oh, yeah. Um, like, Coach, what are you doing? But, no, that definitely the outfit, the demeanor, it's, that's everything. It is. It really, it really is. Um, but, you know, I appreciate you being on. I know you're a busy dude, and I know the WCAC and – even though it's not up and running the way it used to be, or last year, I should say, it, it's still going to be a pretty tough. Is Paul the Six and DeMatha and those guys all playing? So Paul the Six and DeMatha, they're doing individual games. Like Paul the Six, DeMatha, PVI, um, and Riken are all doing individual games. They're not in this current league that we're in. They gotcha. may play like one-off games, but um, by and large, this league is comprised of a couple WCAC schools, our, us, Carroll, Okay. Um, and O'Connell, and then IAC and Mac schools. So, so, you, so you're going against St. Stephen, St. Agnes, then in the IAC. Exactly, exactly. We're going against St. Stephen, St. Andrews. Yep. Um, is, Kevin, is Kevin still coaching at St. Andrews? Say it again. Is Kevin still at St. Andrews? Yes, he is. And then yes. who's the, who's at St. Stephen, St. Agnes now? Because Ron's like. Hell, isn't he like the head of like one of the schools now down there? So Ron is the, I believe he's in the admissions or counseling uh, role now. But uh, Mike Jones is okay. uh, the head coach over at St. Stephen's. We got a whole bunch of Mike Joneses in the area now. I, you literally took the words out of my mouth. Not to be so, confused I, with I, Mike Jones from DeMatha, guys. We're, so we're, so he didn't so switch schools. Here we go. I, got, I got a funny story about the Mike Joneses thing. So... I was trying to text, so I have all three of them on my phone. I got Mike Jones, DeMatha, Mike yeah. Jones, St. Stephen, St. Agnes, and then Mike Jones, Radford. Oh, right? my goodness. That's so true. I didn't even think about Mike Jones at Radford. Yes, Mike Jones at Radford. So I'm texting. We're ha I'm having this long, drawn-out texting conversation about a 
kid um, from Gonzaga that Mike asked me about, Mike Jones Radford asked me about. So we're texting and it's going back and forth. And at, at one point, the response that I got from this, who I thought was Mike Jones Radford goes, oh, yeah, yeah, we need to, well, that. That'll, that will be great. See you on Tuesday. So I'm looking at my phone, and for whatever reason, my smartphone isn't the smartest. It went from <laughs> texting Mike Jones Radford to texting Mike Jones DeMatha. <laughs> <laughs> so now, whenever I look at my phone, I have to text Mike Jones um, from like St. Stephen's or Radford. I have to look and actually see what the uh, what the prefix is first. The area code is first. Hey, hey, trust me, you know, maybe go back in there and like put like a little hyphen or something like on, on the right hand so, side. You know what I do for everyone now is I put your full name mm-hmm. and what you're associated with in the name and not just in the like the. In the organization, the last line. Yeah, that's yeah, smart. Nah, it's got a, everything's on one line now. So all of it's funny you say that. So all of my guys that are basketball related have a basketball at the end of their name. Okay. So I like the the emoji. So I do that. So I'm like, okay, if I'm falling through real quick, I'm like, oh, basketball, like Dave Maturo and Macon. Like I'll hit in Dave real quick, and as soon as the one with basketball pops up, boom, I know exactly that's him, and I can hit it to him right away. See, but the thing for me is where I mess up with the phone. And I, I, you know, as as you get older, you realize you're not as sharp as you used to be. So with me, I used to be great with all this, and then now. With everybody, you know, changing jobs and positions, I still have a couple people in my phone, you know, from their previous uh, college, wherever they were. I do, too. So I'm like, oh, man, are you still at such and such? I do, too. Matter of fact, I still have Cedric Cedric Holbrook saved in my phone for Bowie. See, exactly. And he hasn't been a Bowie for a a minute, has he? For a while, exactly. (laughs) So I'm just like, wow, what am I doing? Like this is yeah, it's, it's it's bad. It's bad. I think I still. I actually I talk to Jamie in every day. I talk to Jamie in almost every day. But I I think I still have him in my phone with Mousey Marys. So yeah, it's it's rough. You know it's what? I think I changed day. his from Mount St. Marys to GW when I went down to team camp there like two years ago. That's okay. the, the only time I changed it. Now Austin, so you never, had, so you never even had him at Siena. No, nah, I mean, <laughs> shit, he was only there for like eight months, if that. He couldn't even. He didn't even start getting like mail or a voter card. That's how quickly he was in and out. Yeah, so it, it's crazy, man. But no, I, I definitely appreciate you having me, man. I this is great. This is a great thing you're doing. I, I appreciate that, and and uh, you know, I'd like to have you back on once we kind of get into AAU because I want my listeners to understand what like what an AU tournament really looks like. Cause, okay. And I'm not picking on the mom and, shop, mom and pop shop ones, but, you know, when you get into one that's big time, like what it looks like, do you re- do you scout? How do you look at your stuff? Like break down what a weekend looks like because to me behind the scenes is what a lot of people don't understand. It's the funnest part about what we do. And I think that people would be intrigued to know, hey, Walter, you got this thing. You know, Cedric, you got this. I got that. And then – we get to the games, and this is how it all flows together. So I'd like to no, at least yeah, do I'd that. I'd definitely love to come back and, and and just take you into you know one of our weekends because I think I think we have a it's not a unique it's not it's not unique it's not exclusive to what we do but it's it's definitely detail oriented um, because we're trying to prepare our guys for what they're going to see in college. Absolutely, so as much exposure as we can give them as, as possible, um, it bodes well for all of us. Absolutely. Well, I, Coach, I appreciate your time. Stay safe if you have to drive anywhere. It looks like the snow's starting to really pick up outside, and uh, 
and I look forward to talking to you here soon. All right, man. Likewise. Thanks for having me. No problem, buddy. See you. I want to thank Devin for being on. He's a awesome human being. He does a really good job, both with, you know, obviously Gonzaga and the District Basketball Club. I wish everybody to stay safe here on this snowy day here in Hagerstown, as well as the snow that's supposed to be coming tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Never My Wildest Dream podcast. We will be back tomorrow to kick off the work week. Until then, talk to you soon.